Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Taking Care of Business podcast. This is your host, Dan Trottencheck. And we are here today again talking with another Young Retailer of the Year award winner. Uh, today's guest on our program is Katie Damaris from Damaris Hardware. And she's got a real interesting story to tell. And for those of you who listened to last week's podcast, you know that over the next couple of months, we're going to be integrating these Young Retailer of the Year award winners into the Taking Care of Business podcast series. So, um, always good to hear the stories of these uh, young, ambitious, full of energy uh, hardware retailers as they enter their career in the industry. And this is something that uh, NRHA has been doing for the past 24 years. And along with our interviews of the award winners this year, we're also talking to the people from the companies who make this award possible, and, and that's our sponsors. And, you know, it's really amazing the support that we've gotten from sponsors over the last decade and a half of doing these awards. Um, you know, the sponsors are typically really eager to support this program, and a big reason why is they understand how important it is to encourage that next generation of retailers to make sure that independent home improvement retailing is alive and well for decades to come. And the gentleman we're talking about, uh, talking with today on our podcast from uh, Fluid Master is Greg Galen. And Fluid Master has not only been a huge supporter of the independent retail industry, but they've been some of the uh, biggest enthusiastic supporters of the Young Retailer of the Year Award for a while now. Greg, welcome to the program. Thank you, Dan. Uh, why don't you start out by telling us a little bit now, I mean, again, some of the sponsors that, that we talk to are some of the biggest names in home improvement. So I almost feel kind of silly saying, tell us a little bit about your company. But I think it's important to say, uh, let's learn a little bit about Fluid Master for the small percentage of our listeners out there who might not know what Fluid at Master is and does. Uh, but maybe if you could tell us a little bit about Fluid Master and a little bit about your role uh, with the company. Sure. Well, it'd take an hour to tell you what a great American success story Fluid Master is. Oh, yeah. I won't get into that. I will tell you that it is a family-owned company established in 1957. We are the global leader in toilet repair products. And if you flush the toilet today, there's a 70% chance our product <laughs> helped make that happen. And as national account manager with Fluid Master, I'm involved with our traditional hardware channel, the hardware stores and lumber yards that purchased from the co-ops and the independent distributors. Yeah, I, I know, Greg, I've known you for a while, and you're one of those guys that uh, that um, we travel the same market circuits, so it's a little bit weird this year with all the virtual markets that we don't run into each other, because in normal years, at least twice a year, uh, I think at four or five markets, you and I are bumping into each other, and probably if you're an independent retailer uh, or distributor listening to the program, you've probably run into Greg at one of the markets as well, so it's a little a little weird this year, isn't it? It is. It, it is. Uh, well, why don't you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, again, I, as I've said, Fluid Master is not just a supporter of the independent channel, but you guys have, have, have really been huge supporters of the Young Retail of the Year program. And you guys are always there to say, whatever you guys need to support this program, we want to be behind it. Why, why don't you tell us a little bit about why that's important to Fluid Master? Well, we realized that Fluid Master's first customers were actually hardware stores. And at first, uh, back in the late 50s, stores were very skeptical our product would work. So our, our early sales force had to go out into the hardware stores. They installed our product in the bathrooms in those hardware stores. Oh. And once they did, and the owners and the managers realized that was an easy installation, and this product works, 
our sales took off. Now, Fluid Master's growth in the early years came from hardware stores that carried our product. And, you know, we continue to have strong ties with the hardware dealer and recognize that they're an important part of re the retail landscape across America. So supporting the Young Retailer of the Year program is just one way for us to say thank you and recognize the importance of the small independent retailer. Now, I mean, obviously, that's, that's a real interesting story. I, did, I had not heard that story before, kind of about how you guys got started by actually installing the product in hardware stores. That, that's really cool. But, you know, there's a lot of companies that kind of started out with the independent industry, but then kind of moved in different directions. But Fluid Master hasn't necessarily been that way. The, the independent is still a big part of Fluid Master's kind of brand strategy and outreach going forward. Why do you think that is? Or why does that kind of remain that way with Fluid Master? Well, you know, we, we do sell an awful lot of retailers, not just the independent, but the big right. box and mass merchandisers. And I think what you find is that there's probably a stronger loyalty with the independent. You can yeah. sell Depot and you can sell Lowe's and Menards. But the fact is, that if you go through reviews and something doesn't quite fit or they're not quite pleased with how the review goes, you can find yourself on the outside looking in with nearly, what is it, Dan, eighteen to 20,000? hardware stores across the country. Yeah, even more than that, close to 30,000, a little bit more than 30,000, so yeah. You have a lot more stability, you have a lot more long levity, and, uh, and you have a lot more loyalty in that, in that channel, and we recognize that. So uh, there's not gonna be as much tremendous growth on the upside, because there aren't as many stores opening these days, but still, it's, it's very solid business for us with a very loyal backing, and that's why we, uh, uh, we hold the independent in pretty high esteem. What, uh, you know, uh, obviously there's so much kind of dominating the, the um, industry and, and, and the, the world today with, with everything going on with COVID and so on, but, you know, business still moves on. These times have been, you know, hardware stores, home centers, uh, lumberyards are seeing really record sales numbers for this time of year. So what's going on at Fluid Master these days that, that our listeners and independent retailers should know about? Um, what, what, what's the, how, how's the company doing? What are you guys kind of have planned? Anything you want to talk about before we get into even the virtual market season? Well, I know that, uh, you know, the independent is really the go-to stop when it comes to fix and repair. So when people have something break in their toilet, uh, or anywhere, anywhere else in the home, uh, you know, their best bet is probably go to the independent where you actually find someone that understands how to take care of the project instead of walking down up and down aisles looking for someone who won't run from you uh, when they think you're going to ask them, uh, you know, how to fix or repair something. So, you know, that's, that's important. And, you know, toilet manufacturers uh, continue to improve their product and they're creating uh, more new water efficient units and we work closely with these manufacturers and we create products that help save water while trying to make the installation uh, stay simpler. Nobody wants to spend an entire day fixing a toilet and we make sure you don't. We work very closely with American Standard, Kohler, Glacier Bay and other manufacturers. And that's why I mentioned earlier that we're in probably 70% of the toilets. Yeah. We work closely with the OEMs and that's what drives the independence uh, retail business, the aftermarket business. Because when people lift the lid on the tank, what they see in there is usually what they want to replace. And it's, if it's on the shelf and it's fluid master, that's what they're going to pick up. 
Fantastic. Um, Greg, uh, in addition to the virtual markets that are coming up and uh, co-ops and independent distributors, if someone wants to learn more about Fluid Master, what should they do? What's the best kind of course of action they can take to learn a little bit more about the products and what you offer? So if they have a smartphone, a tablet, or a computer, and they're somewhat savvy, uh, I'd say fluidmaster.com. I mean, you can call me between the hours of 5 a.m. and 9 p.m., but uh, I'll warn you, I'm more of a morning guy and fade later in the day. But fluidmaster.com is just a great resource. It's got a wealth of information on products, on videos, uh, Q&A. And if you can't find it there, we do offer an 800 number, which will link you live to our top technical people that'll walk you through a repair issue. And if they're busy and you leave a message, they'll return your call. Well, that's good to know. And, and again, first off, thank you for your time, Greg, uh, coming to talk to me uh, uh, on the podcast, but also thank you so much uh, from NRHA, but also from the Independent Retail Channel for your support of the channel and your support of the Young Retailer of the Year Award. We, we, we greatly appreciate it. And I know from talking to the young retailers and you know, you've come to the program, this means a lot to them and they really not only appreciate the support, but they remember the vendors that sponsored this because they're the vendors that they know are supporting the independent channel. So thank you for that. And thank Fluid Master for that, Greg. Hopefully we'll be back many years to come. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thanks, Greg. And we will be right back with our Young Retailer of the Year Award winner, Katie Damaris. So hang in there. All right, everybody. Well, welcome back to the program here. And we are with Katie Damaris from Damaris Hardware. And Katie is another one of our Young Retailer of the Year award winners. And Katie uh, won in the under $2 million a year in sales category. And before we move on to our talk with Katie, I just wanted to once again, I know we're interviewing them uh, as part of this podcast series, but I wanted to give a special shout out and a thank you to all of the sponsors of the 2020 Young Retail of the Year Awards. Uh, and that includes Aero Fastener, Epicor, Fluid Master, Entertate Polymer Group, Midwest Fastener, MyTech, and Pony Jorgensen. Um, and I just think it's, again, important to point out because all of these sponsors are, are invested in not only the home improvement industry, of course, but also the independent segment of the home improvement industry. And beyond a sponsorship, they all take this very seriously and they're very committed to really encouraging young retailers uh, to embrace home improvement retailing as a career because they all understand that that the stronger we are with the young retailers in the industry, the stronger this industry is going to be for years to come. And Katie is a great example of that. Katie, welcome to the program. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, doing really good. Well, first off, congratulations on winning uh, Young Retailer of the Year. It's, uh, it's uh, so exciting to have you on the program and have you be a part of the awards this year. Thanks. It's an honor to be here as well. Yeah, thank you. Um, now, you, you won in the under $2 million category, and you are your store is Damaris Hardware in St. Ainsger, Iowa. I, and I hope I got that right, St. Ainsger, Iowa. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit, uh, just in general, about your store and about what St. Ainsger is like as kind of a market? Then we can maybe talk a little bit about how you got involved in the business. But maybe start by telling us just a little bit about your store and the market. Yeah, um, so we opened three years ago. Um, we've got about 5,000 square feet of selling space. Okay. Um, <clears throat> we're a town of 1,200. 
so oh, kind okay. of small. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the closest box store is about 35 miles away. So we've got kind of a nice little niche market right where we are. And, and so as a, in a community like that, you're kind of a lot of things, a lot of different things to a lot of people. You are the place to go to get what they need for their houses, right? Yes. Yep. Um, and the town does a really good job of understanding to shop local. Um, my husband and I just talked that they just get it and they just come in for their stuff. They don't travel. Um, now it's kind of an interesting story. Um, you, you got, it was, if I, if I remember reading it correctly, you and your husband were visiting in-laws and saw that there might be a need to take over the hardware store. Or there already was a store in town. Why don't you kind of tell us about that story? Cause your background, it wasn't exactly like you came from a, from a, retail hardware background you were you were uh a, an art student correct and and, and um, my husband and i both have our undergrads in elementary education okay um we couldn't find jobs at the time so <laughs> okay. we just applied for a job it was kind of in the recession and we both got jobs at um john deere and oh, okay so we were there climbing the corporate ladder getting really busy being successful and um, we went back to my husband's hometown and saw kind of a rinky sign on the side that said for sale and <laughs> we just kind of walked through and looked at all the possibilities and thought it was cool um, and it wasn't until about three years later that we we realized we were still thinking about that hardware store and um, maybe purchasing it and slowing down for our young family Wow so so your husband is from that area then yeah and yeah. before we got married we made you know i said i'll marry you but i'm not moving to st ansgar and he said that's fine i don't want to ever move back there either so <laughs> so, so so a little bit a little bit of time working for corporate america changed your mind though yep yep yeah and so so now you guys, you went back and you visited and you saw the store that was there and, and thought that, you know, maybe this would be something we could take over and do a little bit better job with. Then it seems like it, it kind of just, you thought about it for a year or two and then decided to take the plunge. What was, what was yeah. kind of the final straw in deciding to take the plunge? Um, we knew we were in a management positions at Deer and kind of saw that it was um, trending to where they might be doing early retirement and so um we just kind of started getting our ducks in a row and luckily we qualified so we actually retired out of john deere in our <laughs> wow all right that was a that was a quick retirement so okay so yeah uh, so you guys decide to take the plunge and you decided to to move back to saint ansgar for your husband and then you bought the hardware store and it sounds like it wasn't like when you first started, it wasn't maybe the dream situation because because you guys really had to pour everything into the store and then finding a house. But there was a period of time where you guys were kind of like living at the store. And why don't yep. you talk us through that a little bit? <laughs> um, so it was kind of it was just within a month of deciding we were going to do this. Um, we. We didn't even go back and look at the hardware store. We just kind of said, okay, we'll buy it and set everything in process. So we hadn't seen it for quite a while. Um, and then we knew we needed a house. So we just bought whatever there was available, which was getting close to being demolished. Um, <laughs> so it started in October. We bought this 
uh, we started um, started the paperwork at John Deere to be retired. Our last day of work was the day before Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, we bought the hardware store and the house the day before Christmas. Oh my. So we hadn't even walked through the house when we bought it. Um, we got to the hardware store. There was a apartment in the basement of the hardware store. Okay. And so we moved right into that apartment in the basement and then just started renovating right away because we didn't have any income coming in at this point. Cause now was we the hardware retired. store operational when you bought it? Um, it was open. There wasn't okay. a lot of product. Um, he didn't have a lot of customer support. He kind of burned enough bridges that nobody shopped there oh, okay. anymore. So we had to start fresh. Yep. And so it was the recommendation of True Value to just shut down, um, not take any of their inventory and fix it up and then try to open for spring. Okay. So. And so that's what you guys did is you just started fresh and started rebuilding both the house and your hardware store. Yeah, I mean, I think it started January 1st. Um, we would work at the house, tearing everything out, getting it livable. It wasn't even livable at the time. Um, we put the kids in daycare or school. And then after uh, after they got home, we'd feed them supper, hang out with them a little bit, they'd go to bed, and we'd go upstairs and start working on the hardware store. So we did that for, I don't know, five or six months. We lived down in a two-bedroom apartment with three kids. <laughs> um, was there ever a time when you thought, wow, why did we do this? I don't think we had the time to even think about it. Um, you know, some of our our parents and close family members kind of thought we were crazy. Um, it wasn't until, I'd even say almost like a year or two ago, we were like, man, we did all of that. Like, yeah, there wasn't a lot of thinking involved in what we were doing, but a lot of doing it's worked out and it's been a fun trip. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, when you start, you know, now we've talked to this point, we've talked about, you know, kind of the unusual journey into hardware and some of the difficulties of getting it done. But, but after a year, you guys saw some pretty significant business increases. So you had to know, you know, a after running it for a while that maybe we're on to something here that uh, because I think if I remember correctly, you guys in the first year saw over 150% increase in sales or something a a around that. Yep. So we, um, from the previous owner, like I said, he maybe um, didn't do the sales quite like he should have. But, um, you know, we sent flyers out to the local businesses and individuals asking what they wanted us to stock or what they wished a hardware store would have oh, okay. to make sure that we got support right from the beginning. And this is a small enough town that everybody knew my husband and my kids look like my husband's family. So they would see him and just know right away. So it's a, it's a close knit community that we live in. So what kind of, what, what did you guys do? What was your vision of the store? What did you want it to be? What kind of niches do you have? And what, is it just kind of like your good solid hardware store? Or do you guys get into some, some, uh, you know, other stuff that you see a lot of the local kind of community wanting? Um, it started out, we just wanted to be a mom and pop shop. We just, yeah. so our goal was just my husband and I to work there, maybe get some help as needed. Um, and it's kind of developed over time. Uh, somebody asked if we could make t 
t-shirts for the sports teams. And oh, so okay. with my art background, I started, you know, designing softball or football shirts and um, using a connection that we had from college to get those shirts made. Oh, okay. um, so now we do almost all of the sports uh, t-shirts for yeah. the school, the, the local school. And then now businesses are like, well, I like those. Can you do it with my my logo on it? So yeah. we do a lot of that on the side. Um, my husband started delivering bird food and softener salt because people in the community can lift it into their truck. So they were asking if, if we could load it. And then it was kind of like, well, how do you get it out of the car? Yeah. And then they were telling us all these stories of dragging it or kicking it down the stairs. So um, we started delivering that for free, bird food and softener salt. Um, everything we've done, we've just, it's just kind of been like, yeah, we can do that. And now people expect it or not expect it, but it's a nice treat for them to have something like that local. And you say the community has responded really well to the store being there. And that's something that I'd imagine, you know, whether it was kind of an underperforming store or not having a store at all, a community that size, it's such an asset to have something like that. So they're not having to drive 25, 30 miles. So you guys, you say that you really feel that not only is the community responding well to the store, but they're, they're kind of rallying around the store. Is that still kind of the case of what you guys are seeing then? Yeah, I would say so, especially during this COVID, you know, and everybody's, blasting support local and shop local and we've had a lot of um community members going above and beyond what they usually do just to make sure that we continue to stay stay here now the store has been open for three years now yep a little over three years so do you guys do you think at this point you guys made a good decision <laughs> then <laughs> with all the hard work and and blood sweat and tears you had to put into it um, yeah, we haven't had, I mean, there's been challenges, definitely, um, but still neither of us have regretted the, the decision to do this. Um, and our thought process back in the day was, well, we have our education degrees. If we need to fall back on them, we yeah. do have that option. But it's it's been crazy how positive it's been and how successful we've been, I guess, so kind of let our teaching license expire <laughs> well you, you you know you mentioned that too and you were you were uh you had a background in art education and and what is it like in addition to kind of thinking about the t-shirts and stuff do you think that background and kind of that both on the education side and the art side has been a benefit to you is that something that you kind of see yourself using in 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 the retail world yeah i think um so paint's a big one. Uh, sure. A lot of times people will come in and say, I want a gray paint, but I don't want blue or yeah. yellow undertones. And I can see all the colors right away and kind of steer them towards the color that they're looking for, either a complementary color or just something that they're looking for. And it's gotten to the point now that if I'm not working, they don't really ask for paint until, I come, <laughs> so until like I'm working. They want Katie to help her with, the, yep. with the, the, the paint choice. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, w w one thing that uh, is also interesting is that, you know, 
you, you move there with your kids and right now you have another kid on the way. So I, I'd have to ask when you guys think about the future of a family business, is this something that you would kind of like to see maybe go down through the generations of your family? And, and, and do the kids have any kind of interest or, or, or uh, even understanding kind of what mom and dad do? Yeah, we bring them to the store as much as we can. Um, we are first generation. So when we go to markets and stuff, we see all of these multi-generational families. And that's kind of awesome to us to see like the parts that um, different family members play. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about, we hope at least one of our kids wants to take it over. Um, but we've also kind of said, let's have them go into a corporate world and work for somebody else and then yeah. maybe come back and see how, how nice we are or how awesome <laughs> it is to, to work at something like this. Um, we've taken them on, on a few trips with us to market. Um, oh, cool. Okay. Our oldest right now, she likes to help put stuff away, you know, on inventory days. Yeah. Um, and she's wor working really hard to learn how to count money so that she can be a cash <laughs> register um, girl. And then our youngest, if you ask her her name, she says her name's Hazel Demaris Hardware Store. So she doesn't even know. <laughs> That no hardware store isn't part of her last name. <laughs> that's too funny. Yeah, that's great. Well, and, and the kind of the cool thing is, you know, I talk to people who've been in the industry forever and 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 even some other young retailers that kind of came up through family businesses and they say some of their best memories were hanging around the store and going to markets and so on. And I know companies like True Value and so on encourage, let's bring make this a family event. And I'm sure you yeah. run into them at the at the markets that uh of other people that said oh yeah we brought our kids to market and so on so that's kind of how you start fostering that interest so that's that's pretty yep. fun. um something else i wanted to touch on is you were talking about your community and you guys do a lot um in the community um you guys uh run different kind of uh charitable endeavors almost on a monthly basis and kind of look at different themes for those uh, kind of uh, fundraising events. And then I want to talk to you about something else about how you work with the local school districts to kind of work to uh, see if you could find special needs students and special needs uh, uh, folks to kind of employ in the store. Talk to us a little bit about that. Maybe first talk to us about some of these fundraising you guys events you guys do on a monthly basis. There was one that kind of was tied to your family pet not too long ago. Is that, is that? Yeah. <laughs> tell so, us a little about that one. Um, it, Gracie is our 100-pound, 11-year-old lab rescue mix. Oh, cool. Um, and she started coming to the store when we were renovating because we felt bad that, you know, we'd be gone all day at the house and then we'd be upstairs at the store all day and she didn't have a lot of, you know, interaction with us. So we started bringing her to the store and then as we got farther in and people started coming to the store to meet with us, she just kept being there and everybody loved her and said you should just let her work there <laughs> so um she comes to work with us every day now and she's got quite a following everybody loves her um awesome. so around her birthday we do a, a fundraiser for the local animal rescue and um nice. donate a portion of our sales to that um any presents that they bring in for gracie we donate those back um so it's, it's been a pretty successful day and most of the time we have a lot of people that just come in just to pet, pet Gracie. So just bringing people into the store all the time is, has awesome. been nice. 
I, I guarantee you, I would, I would definitely favor going into any store that's got a pet. <laughs> so. Yeah, and she knows that she's uh, very loved. And if you even say, "Oh, you have a dog," she's right there wanting to be petted. And <laughs> that's me. Yep. Yeah. And and this other program you you were talking that I, I mentioned, where you work with the school district to to uh, see if you can employ special needs folks. Tell us how that got started and what you guys do with that. Yeah, so since we both have our education um, degrees, we like to, and our kids are at that school, we like to help out as much as possible. Yeah. Um, we've let all the teachers know that, you know, if they need somebody to come in and help with their class, like a small group activity, that we're more than welcome to be flexible with their schedule and do that. Um, so I'd say last, or a couple of years ago, um, one of the teachers said, you know, I've got these students that are getting ready to graduate, but they have no life skills. They're not going to college. We just need to see if they could work somewhere right, yeah. local. It's a practical experience, sure. Yeah, and um, do it somewhere in town where they can gain real life experience and then kind of use that as a reference uh, sure. for other businesses. So we've had um, two or three students that have come in for a couple hours during the school day and they just help stock shelves or based on their level of need, um, they do different things around the store for us. So they're gaining real life experience and we're kind of getting some extra help too. So. Yeah. I mean, that's fantastic. And I, I and imagine, you know, anybody out there, um, well, a lot of the folks listening to this have probably been through this, but that, those are the kind of things that running a, a, a small business and a small town and being involved in the community, that's got to just be re rewarding to, to have that kind of interaction with the community and really feel like outside of providing them with, with hardware and home improvement, we're doing these other things. We're helping the animal shelter. We're helping with the students who need jobs. So that's got to be kind of rewarding for your decision to, to get out of corporate America and come back and do that. Yeah, it's been a, a good experience. What, uh, w when you think about the business, kind of, I mean, you've come, uh, there's no doubt from the start of our conversation that in the last three years, you've come a long way with the business. Where do you kind of see the business going over the next couple few years? Um, we, my husband and I were just talking about that. Um, I would say we're still in survival mode just <laughs> yeah. because no, no year that we've been in business has been the same as the previous year yet. Right. Well, especially um, this year. Yeah. yeah. So, and we don't have, you know, grandpa in the background kind of telling us, well, this is what, you know, right. This is the cyclicality of the business and this is what you need to order. This is what you need to slow down on. So just still understanding all of, all of that is yeah. kind of where we're still at short term, at least. So just a um, feel for that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a first generational thing. It's it's in our blood, the hardware store aspects, but it's not anything that we went to school for or, right. you know, work there gr growing up. So it's, it's still understanding the business and everything that comes with it. Well, let me ask you this. Um, for other people out there, for other young retailers, obviously you've had all the things that you guys have been able to accomplish in just these few years were impressive enough that the young retailer of the year judges said, yeah, we want to, we want to honor Katie. What, what advice would you give to other people who are maybe starting out in this business, uh, maybe things that you've learned or just say, Hey, make sure you do this. 
Um, so looking back, we didn't think a lot uh, when we went into <laughs> this purchase. It was kind of hindsight, like, oh yeah, that really helped us. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um, just making sure that you know it's it's a family operation. So it's my husband Tyler and I that run this, and we complement each other really well. Where he's more the financial book number crunching, I'm more like the creative art aspect, and yeah. so just understanding the financials and the um, the numbers, I don't think I would be able to do that as well as he could so and then like plumbing i'm not the best plumber or electrician um so i kind of steer them towards my husband for that where yeah. he has a hard time with gardening or paint selection so he kind of steers the customer yeah, towards yeah, okay. me so just understanding all the the different aspects of the business and making sure you have a plan to know how that's going to be addressed well Katie, I just want to say again, congratulations for everything you've done. Congratulations on taking the plunge to to move to back to your husband's hometown and 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 just dive in and get started. I mean, we love to hear stories like that because for anybody that thinks that uh, you know that, that retail and that face to face business is something that's go away going away. There's energetic young people like yourself and your husband that want to get involved in, in, in retail and want to get involved in the home improvement business. And that's exactly what the Young Retailer of the Year program really tries to single out is folks like yourself that, that you know, grabbed hands, held your breath and dove in with both feet <laughs> into the business. Yeah. So I'm so glad we're able to recognize you guys' hard work. And again, congratulations for uh, receiving the, the award. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's been exciting. Well, we'll. Uh, this is just kind of the first step in the journey. You know, we got a lot of other things going on, and I'd want to remind listeners out there that uh, while while because COVID has kind of changed the traditional way we do the Young Retailer of the Year awards this year, um, that doesn't mean that we're going to give any less attention. In fact, we got uh, you're going to be featured in the magazine. We're going to have a virtual uh, awards presentation, and there's these podcasts. So a lot of things in store we're gonna, where we're going to be able to continue to share you guys' stories with the industry. And I know having not been through it before, but all of... Uh, the folks like myself and, and, and our sponsors, I know, and the other, the folks at the distribution companies and the other retailers out there who have been through this before, this whole awards process is also really uplifting for the rest of the uh, rest of the industry, because it's, again, it's really heartening to see folks like you and, and all the other winners that we're going to be talking to and you guys passion for the business and coming into the business and talking about having this become you're the first generation of hopefully many to come that are running Damaris hardware in fact you know your daughter's already got it in a part of her name <laughs> but uh but it, it it's very uplifting for all of us that have been around as long as we have to see that the next generation's in really good hands so i, I thank you for sharing your story with us and uh and I know there's going to be a lot more folks out there listening that are eager to hear even more about what you guys are doing. So thank you again for being on the program, Katie. Well, thank you. 